0: You are locked on sun devils your daily podcast on the arizona state sun devils part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: Welcome Sun Devils Nation. It is a Thursday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw and joined always by my great friend, Connor Drios. Today on the pod, we're going to be talking about basketball starting off. So we talked yesterday about the offensive rankings of the team. Today we're going to flip to the defensive side of the rankings and see where Arizona State ranks there. Next, we're going to go ahead and talk about the transfer portal news regarding Arizona state's football program. And we're going to talk about where the team should be focusing. And finally, we're going to close it out with one of the mascots of the podcast, Rashad white and what his draft future may hold following his senior bowl trip. This episode of the locked on Sun Devils podcast is brought to you by NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of all your financials, inventory, and more NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Now, Connor, you got mad at me yesterday, so I'm just going to ask you, my friend, how are you doing today?
0: I didn't get mad. I just raised my voice just like I'm doing right now. It's all, It's. all. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed.
1: We're not going to talk about where you unfollowed me and then refollowed me on Twitter?
0: I didn't re-follow you.
1: Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on a sec. Is that why my follower count isn't 1,000?
0: It's at nine ninety
1: nine. Ah, oh, crap. Well, give or take. Help me get to 1,000. You can follow me at RichieBrads36. You can follow Connor at Cedrios, and you can follow the podcast at LO underscore Sun As always, we thank you so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember that we're free and available on all platforms, and that includes but is not limited to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and more. Monday through Friday, me and Connor gave you the absolute best Arizona State Sun Devils content in the whole wide world.
0: But I'm doing great. Thanks for asking.
1: Of course, I mean I am contractually obligated to ask you. So oh, man, there it is. <laughs> there it there is. It is.
0: <laughs> Connor, let's go ahead.
1: Let's talk some basketball. So we talked yesterday about the offensive rankings for Arizona State and how pitiful it was. I believe we were 178 out of 250 some odd. Two seventy eight. 278. 278 out of like 150-some-odd teams. About
0: 80 teams below us in the nation.
1: Yeah, not not great, Bob. That's that's not how you win games. But going over to the flip side of the court and talking about defense, Connor, where are we ranking there?
0: So a whopping 142 out of 358 in the nation. Not exactly as stellar. It's still top 40% in terms of points uh, per game. So a much better defensive team than they have been offensively this year uh the, the team has basically been teetering around 500 which is not a surprise considering they're giving up uh, only 66.8 points per game so which i think is only two, about two more points maybe it's like one and change and then they are scoring per game uh so they've they haven't been perfect on defense certainly not perfect but uh definitely have looked more dominant on the defensive side of the ball than they have offensively throughout this season um other teams like uh, Arizona, they, uh, they're they not number one like they were offensively. I think they're much closer to like maybe the mid-30s or 40s. Uh, we'll, we'll get to kind of who's leading the team or I should say the nation here in just a moment. Uh, but Arizona ranks 82, so they're giving up 64 points per game. So when you're talking about defense, that's only about two points and change difference from ASU to a team like U of A. It, it, it may seem like, uh, a huge difference jumping. What did I say? We were 142 to 82. So 60 different schools. But again, only about two points per game. Now, so, sorry, really no, good no, no, before no, you go jump ahead. in. Yeah, finish. A, a lot of these teams, before they get into their conference play, really aren't playing a ton of quality opponents. I mean, ASU's had some of their fair share. Obviously, in the, the, the Battle for Atlantis tournament, they had to play a uh, Baylor. Uh, and Syracuse. Yep, Syracuse. Uh, SDSU has always been a great program. And then they took down... Oh teams like God. Creighton, Creighton, thank so, you, uh, and, and even GCU for what they are—like schools that are maybe more so known known for their basketball prowess than anything else. Uh, so it, it's not like they. What they, about
1: GCU's football team?
0: Uh, they're undefeated. Yeah, they're also winless. They're they're, <laughs> they're teetering on that five hundred line uh, every single week. So, um, but ASU is definitely their identity is built around their defense, not as dominant as I, I maybe would have thought before I started looking into these rankings. But again uh jumping 60 spots all the way to their rivals in Tucson is only two points per game so uh definitely the strength of this team so far this season
1: yeah the the uh the big difference in those two teams obviously is the points per game that they're scoring and U of a has absolutely no issue putting up NBA kind of points in 40 minute games but to talk about ASU's defense they they're so like st- steady but inconsistent kind of at the same time like it feels like there's there's times where it's like oh my gosh like this is the defense that we're hoping to get like got uh, you guys are just kind of locked down we limit the opportunities that that we get uh get oh my goodness give opposing shooters the opportunity to take those clean wide open shots and it feels like we can be really sticky and they force turnovers connor they get a hefty amount of turnovers each game i don't know if we've had a game with less than 10 turnovers this year so, oh, interesting. Connor was just looking. GCU is the 13th best uh, points per game defense. So. Uh,
0: again, not that does not mean they're the 13th best defensive team in the nation. Just uh, yeah, and points per game. Little, little nugget. So, no, I, I think you bring up a lot of good points. I, I, I don't know how you feel, but basketball specifically, it really feels like defense is is seriously just hustle. It feels like maybe when the core of your team is really exerting that energy on the defensive side of the ball, that is something I feel when I'm watching basketball is so contagious to the rest of the team, especially if some of these players may not be known for their defense, but you know they're trying to play their hearts out. Uh, An example, like we bring this to an NBA level. uh, A lot of people who might be ASU fans could also uh, be uh, uh, Suns fans as well. And every time uh, I feel like Devin Booker, who's not necessarily known for his defense, especially over the last couple of seasons when he is playing efficiently or at least playing really aggressively on the defensive side of the ball, it really sparked the rest of the team. And while uh, there might be only a couple defensive stars on this team for ASU, certainly not the entire uh, starting roster and maybe even some of their depth, it just, it feels like when maybe some of the steals, right, or some of the blocks, it feels like these things kind of come in bunches and it really just, to me, comes down to effort by the team as a whole, not just so much defensive skill, cuz some people do have that. They're just there are people born with the ability to either score the basketball or play the defensive side of the ball a little bit more naturally than somebody else. But defensively more than anything, I think is just more effort. I don't think you can so much will the basketball into the hoop. I think that is more of a skill. In terms of sticking with your man and not letting them get to the basket and forcing them to take a shot, that to me is more effort.
1: I think that's a really good um analysis of all of that so like like you said it just there. there's times where it feels like they're super super dominant and able to hold on to teams and there's other times where it just feels like they're gassed and you know why they might be gassed it's because the offense isn't putting up points they're also committing turnovers and giving opposing offenses more opportunities to score points and that's where the defense can only do so much but Overall, I think ASU's defense is the the one reason that they've been able to stay in in ball games is because you take away that defense with an offense that struggles to put up points consistently. And I mean, Connor, you legitimately might have like a win, maybe two wins on the schedule right now. So it, it definitely is important for the defense to be playing as strong as they are. We just wish it was more consistent on a week to week basis. But. There have been times where we won the game because of how good the defense was playing.
0: So to, to go back to my previous point about effort, I can't remember. I think it was the game maybe just after GCU, but before Creighton. I'm struggling to remember who we were playing off the top of my head. But that first half, whoever we were playing, I think there were, gosh, maybe like uh, it was somewhere between like 10 to 13 dunks alone in the paint. And to me, that was just uh, teams kind of giving way and letting somebody be somebody being able to drive to the hoop. That game specifically started off with the opposing team winning the tip-off, and the guy that tipped the ball got the ball himself and dunked within seconds of that game starting. And it just, it feels like there's times where the team as a whole might lapse a little bit. So I don't know who I would say is the, um, like, centerpiece for this defense. I agree. Uh, I feel like there's definitely a handful of guys who have definitely kind of contributed. Kamani Lawrence has certainly been solid, Um, but... I don't, I don't know if they necessarily have that one spark plug on the defensive side. As long as uh, the team is playing hard overall, I, I feel like the rest of the team kind of follows suit. But there's just times certainly where they lapse, and that's why they may not be one of the better teams in points per game. But again, strength of this team for sure.
1: Yes, I and I think that, again, puts it perfectly. So um, I, don't, I don't know if I have too much more to add on to this. I will agree with you. I feel like there isn't... One guy on this defense where you're like, yeah, no, he's the captain of it. Like Kamani Lawrence probably would be that guy that we highlight the, mo- the most. Um, I I feel like Marion is solid, but it definitely, yeah, there's not one guy specifically and they do need to get bigger and bigger in the paint. Like there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of missed opportunities to get, to get rebounds and take the ball away from the offense when they're not, when they're not making those buckets and, like you said, like it feels like there's a lot of um, layups and dunks that we give up. So definitely want to make sure that they can clean that up. But other than that, I think you put it pretty good. So let's go ahead and wrap up this first segment. When we return, we're going to talk about Herm's claim for what he wants to do in the transfer portal and where we think he should be focusing. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast.
0: This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility, and you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of businesses that were surveyed increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and for the new year, NetSuite has offered a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on. Again, head to netsuite.com slash locked on for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses netsuite.com/slash/lockedon.
1: Thanks again for making Locked On Sun Devils your first lesson every day. Make sure to check out the ultimate college football playoff preview for 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis—the most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins tomorrow, guys. Make sure you tune in. Connor, let's talk transfers. It feels like Arizona State gets tons of transfer guys every single year. I mean, just off the top of my head, some of the big transfer guys that we've gotten have been Jalen Strong and and uh, um, Rashad White. Like,
0: Rashad White, both
1: Juco players. That that And that's what I'm more talking about here is Juco players. But I mean, we've had plenty of other transfer guys as well, like Jack Jones and Eno Benjamin were transfer guys who came to our program and played exceptionally well for us. We've had some other guys on the defense. There was a corner a few years back. Last name was Rhodes, I believe. I can't remember what his name was. He was also a... Juco guy, and if my memory serves, he had like a big old dreadlock going on. But point is, Arizona State is always very active when it comes to transfer guys, especially Juco guys. So we don't know names. Okay, let's go ahead and preface it with that. Me and Connor don't know all the names. We will know names. Yes, we will. But we don't know names at the moment. Here's what we're here to talk about. Where should Arizona State focus? I'll kick us off because there's one there's an elephant in the room, and it's the secondary. You need to put a lot of focus on your secondary. You're losing four defensive backs going into this year, three of them with big roles, losing Chase Lucas, Jack Jones, and DeAndre Pierce because all of them were seniors. All of them are going to the draft. You also lost Tani Hill, who transferred to Illinois, I believe. Yeah, correct. And you are, you do have a safety coming in. Fields. Yes. Are you
0: coming in or coming back? Coming
1: in. No, he transferred from Illinois, I believe.
0: Safety coming in. It's, yes. It's not ringing a bell off the top of my head, but...
1: I can't remember the name either. But you do have a safety coming in, a transfer, and you still have Evan Fields, to to my knowledge. I believe he was a junior, and I don't believe he's coming back. And you'll have, you have my guy Jordan Clark. Jordan Clark is still back there, but... Other than that, Connor, there is a lot of changes that are coming to the secondary. And that, that to me, that should be the number one priority and focus for Herm Edwards in, in this process of trying to get transfers, whether it be from Power 5 schools or more than likely JUCO kids.
0: Yeah, so Herm Edwards had said that there's going to be 12 kids they're looking to bring in, regardless of high school players or transfers as well. Uh, A lot of players clearly are are going to probably save their announcements for National Signing Day, which I think is February 2nd. Uh, So I'm sure more names will pop up between now and then. But most of this upcoming news will probably happen early on in February. But Herm didn't go into too many specifics on uh, exactly what positions they need to fill in. He just said 12 guys specifically, uh, they've got a lot of offers out and it's kind of like this waiting game, right? They're... They, they've probably already let a lot of these kids tour their school, probably gone into specifics about what they would do to this offense or defense if they were to come in and play, uh, especially with so many open roles for the Sun Devils team. There really is a lot of opportunity for transfer players. And if you have not transferred before in your career, players can start immediately. So really there's a lot of wiggle room for players who are not happy with their current situation at any school. So whether it was players leaving the Sun Devils, which I think we're up to six now, if I remember correctly off the top of my head Six players. I, I'm not sure if the uh, the sanction violations are the number one reason, but I'm sure it played a factor uh, in a lot of players leaving this team. Regardless, 12 different players. I, I think it would be easy enough to come here and, and talk on the podcast. Well, they need to get a big name quarterback in here. Well, that would be nice, but that doesn't happen to many teams every single uh, offseason. And ASU is probably not in a prime position to get a young, ripe up and coming quarterback. So while that would be great, I, I think we'd be holding our breath on that position specifically. Richie, you had already touched on the secondary, which I think it is definitely— And uh, Derek
1: Smith was the name I was looking for. The, that was the safety coming he, in? Uh, he corner, so okay. there's a corner coming in. But Derek is, is that Smith, a Juco
0: kid or is that the no, kid? No, no, no.
1: He, he's from doo, 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 more pausing Illinois. Noises. He's from Illinois, and I confused. Tommy Hill's going to Nebraska.
0: It's Nebraska? Nebraska. He's a Husker. Oh, interesting. That's not what I remember. Um, so definitely the secondary as a whole. The defensive line seems to be in a pretty good situation. Um, yes, still- I, I
1: think the D line is actually going to be one of the strengths for this team, as well as the linebacker core. And speaking of the linebacker core, real quick, we do have a Mississippi State transfer coming from. Is that
0: uh, his last name starts with an R? Right. If I'm remembering now. Correctly. I got to
1: double check. While you're
0: looking at that, uh, the defensive line, as you had mentioned, we seem pretty set at the tackle position. Uh, I believe Treves Moore is coming back, Um, and and then obviously you're losing a guy like Tyler Johnson, who's meant so much to this team. Um, No Cyrus Moss. Rodney Gross. Gross. That's what it was. That's the where the R was coming in. But yeah, yeah. Uh, So I do remember talking about him when he announced. um, I don't think Cyrus Moss actually ended up making an announcement. He was talking about deciding by like last Friday, right? So here we are, like a week later.
1: To my knowledge, yeah, and I mean, I'll I'll double check that in between in between right now and when a little we bit come later back on. from our break. Yes,
0: um, so as of right now, I don't think we heard any news on there. Again, it's it's probably similar to the quarterback situation where you're kind of holding your breath there a little bit um, because he is a, a decently big name. As of right now, still considering ASU. But as a, a, it's your front seven, for sure, that is probably going to be the most stable, even with all your linebackers leaving, just because you seem to have already uh, a set number of bodies ready to take over. Uh, secondary, for sure. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you're, you're going to be losing guys like Kellen Deesh at left tackle. Um, you still have Jaden Daniels coming back, and you still have a lot of your main pass catchers coming back as well. You are losing uh, your tight end. You're losing both of your running backs and, and then trying to replace them as much as possible. I think I, it's not that you wouldn't want another running back in this offense, right? Um, if I, I'm not sure they're going to be able to get some sort of big name. Tevin White's probably going to be the biggest name at the position that they get. So anybody else playing running back, if they do bring them in, is probably more of a, a just body or rotational piece at that point. I would be enticed if they can get any sort of big name pass catcher. I don't care if it's wide receiver, tight end even if they're not necessarily a big name, but at least quality.
1: Well, and they got that Messiah kid from from Missouri, the tight end.
0: Yep, correct. Uh, Swinson, Messiah, uh, Messiah Swinson. I yes. Think of, uh, so he hasn't done a ton in his career. I think this last year was his better season, um, but I think he, he was a, a Juco, uh transfer, I think from the same place we got Rashad White from, if I remember correctly. Uh, but he, even then, like you, you've you got some of your staples in this offense, uh, like a Ricky Pearsall and LV Bunkley Shelton, uh, potentially an Andre Johnson, right? But I would like one go-to guy. Ideally on the outside, if it's in the slot, it doesn't necessarily matter, but you need you need a chain mover. You need somebody who can kind of do it all. I understand these guys don't grow on trees. I really, really do. So if they can't find that guy in, these, in some of these transfer players, it's not going to be the end of the world. It's just now we're talking about some of the same things we have all season long, and it's a, a problem that's not going to be fixed.
1: Yep. So there's all sorts of different areas that they need to focus on. And there's, there's plenty of areas that they've already addressed. So getting that tight end is really big, making sure that you, you stack those bodies, especially at a position. That's not, not, not exactly the the cupboard is stacked, but I mean, in this, in the same token, you're not using the tight end a lot. So I'm fine with just kind of having guys there to use.
0: That can block specifically. Yes. And I mean,
1: we also need to get plenty of receivers in there because right now, your receiving core is starting to get pretty depleted on, on the surface. You you should have Pearsall back. You should have you should have um L V Bunkley Shelton back. You have Andre Johnson.
0: No Johnny Wilson is he's transferred. No, Johnny
1: Wilson is gone. You also have wife
0: Thompson's gone.
1: You also have Chad Johnson Jr. And that's about it. So you need to bring in some more guys there. You have a good stable of running backs. Tevin White is obviously the unknown, but we all know that Daniel Lagata could be a stud. Again, uh, next, next Thursday, a week from now, uh, when they play the Vegas Bowl, we're going to get our audition from Danny Nogata to see if he can be the guy. Defensively, I like that defensive line. We've talked about it a little bit. You have uh, Jermaine Lole, you have Travez Moore, Omar Norman Lott, and there, there are some other guys who are coming in too. So I think the defensive line should be strong. Linebacking court is looking solid. You got the transfer from Mississippi State coming in. You also have Connor Sully, uh, yeah, Sol- Sully's brother, and Eric Gentry. That looks good to me. You need bodies in the secondary. That's the biggest thing right now. So, and truthfully, or you know what, we just we just got to commit at kicker. Never mind. So, I I wanted to give Christians and Dejas a little bit of com- competition, but you did have a kicker who's coming into the program.
0: Kid from Texas. I yes, his name yep.
1: Kid from there. Texas. There there is a need to give more bodies at quarterback, but. Obviously, that's not the biggest need in the whole world. So, to to put a to put a to, uh, like bow I, on it. Yes, thank you. To put a bow on the whole situation, need some secondary guys, need some pass catchers, probably need some reloading on the offensive line too, because four of the of the five guys were seniors. Connor, we're we're losing basically that entire offensive line. So, we're going to need some bodies up front to give good run blocking lanes for whoever's running the football and a clean pocket for Jaden Daniels to try and get the ball down the field. So we're going to go ahead and end when we return, we are going to talk about Rashad white, his potential future in the NFL draft and what the senior bowl can do for his stock. You're listening to the locked on Sun Devils podcast. Ben online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. As football continues its March, through the College Bowl season, and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline is your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. From basketball to football to NHL and boxing and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. And we return. Now we're going to talk about our boy, Rashad White, one of like the three most popular ASU players on this podcast, regardless of sports. Quite frankly, it's Darian Butler, DJ Horn, and then probably Rashad White. Although you could switch. Horn and and White around, but the, the point is we love Rashad White, and we love that he's going to the Senior Bowl, and we love his NFL future. We just, we're, we're so excited for that next step in his career, but we're here to talk about today what his career trajectory could look like should he have a big Senior Bowl week. Is it homerish
0: to say, yes. as of right now, to say he could be a late day two option?
1: No. So it just, it's going to be one of those things he needs to blow up the senior bowl. He needs to look like the best running back on the field there. And off the top of my head, I don't know who else is going to be at the senior bowl at the running back position. But Rashad White needs to come out as the best player on the field. The, the bright side is he truly could. And where he could excel over other guys, very obvious, the receiving game. We need to see Rashad White. Just firing on all cylinders as a pass catcher. And if he's able to do that, Connor, he's going to stand out big time. The NFL loves guys who can catch the football and be dual threats for their team. So they really need to see Rashad White take advantage of opportunities and one-on-one drills. And honestly, they should consider they should consider putting him out wide or White to ask to be played out wide to see if he has more opportunities to put some... Put some moves on defensive backs because we all know how talented White is as a receiver. This is where he could shine. This is where he could make a difference. And I, I mean, it just maybe, maybe a lazy comparison here. So bear with me. He reminds me a lot of DJ Foster. He is a more refined DJ Foster where Foster moved to wide receiver his senior year to give the other running backs on the roster a chance. I feel like Rashad White could not so much make a transition to receiver, but he can look like a receiver when he's lined out out wide because he's got a big frame. He is like six six foot, maybe even six one, a solid body size and great soft hands. I mean, it just he's a natural pass catcher. It's something that makes him stand out amongst the rest of the running backs in this draft. I would love to see him line up outside and get those opportunities to put some moves on defensive backs and get the NFL's attention and be like, hey, you know what? This kid might be able to do a little bit of everything. Maybe we take a flyer on him.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's so much that's going to change. I, I have the list of running backs for the— I see Brian Robinson. Robinson, so just, that's going to be tough. Just to piggyback off what you were saying really quick, um, I, I feel like Rashad White's probably going to end up in some sort of situation where um, he is kind of like the number two, or he, he might names. be the, the first pass-catching running back uh, on an offense, depending on what he does in the preseason. And it might take a little time for him to be the, the legit number one guy. I, I think when he does get that opportunity, it might be something he can take and run with, not to make too much of a pun. Uh, but I, I think he's definitely going to be some sort of pass catching specialist when he gets to the NFL. And when he can prove what, what he's able to do on the ground in the NFL, that might be able to make him a full three down kind of running back. But truly, there's only a handful of guys uh, of those types of guys in the NFL. So that is obviously best case scenario for Rashad White, but let me get back to the names for the Senior Bowl who have currently committed. I'm sure there might be some others that uh, kind of trickle in between now and uh, late January. Or,
1: or could back out because that's not that's not something we haven't ever seen before. True.
0: Uh, so Brian Robinson Jr.
1: That's that's the big name
0: from Alabama. Rashad White from ASU. Uh, Florida International has Devonte Price. Uh, Florida University has Damian Pierce. Georgia's James Cook huge Michigan's Hassan Haskins huge and then Baylor's uh, Abram Smith are the current running backs at the senior bowl. That's a lot
1: of really good competition, especially because I believe Arizona State plays in the south and if they do, then he's got to go up against James Cook and Brian Robinson, both guys who are like just friggin' studs and Brian Robinson came on really hot to end the year. He's playing in the playoff obviously for Alabama. He wants to be the next Alabama running back in the NFL to to look really good. He Does showed Alabama off.
0: Alabama have any running backs in the NFL? None. I, can't, I can't think of any. None. Of the top of
1: Literally none. Because Trent Richardson didn't make it. So what a loser. Yeah, and Eddie Lacy was bad too.
0: Must mean they're all bad.
1: Yeah. Oh no, they're all bad. I mean. It's not like they have guys like Najee Harris and uh, Damian Harris and Josh Jacobs who are playing very, very well.
0: Derrick Henry marking room.
1: I forgot about Derrick some Henry. Of, some of the guys. <laughs> How did I forget about the best of all of them? But the point is Brian Robinson wants to be the next best guy, and he had a very strong senior year. He's actually, I would tell you, one of the high profile names that they got there. James Cook, very, very talented running back at Georgia. Very, very underutilized. Quite frankly, he might be the best running back there. And that's saying something because I'm actually a really big Zamir White fan, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, there's going to be stiff competition, which means that Rashad White has to be on his A-game and he needs to show off just why he's better than them. And the way he does that is to do it as a pass catcher. Brian Robinson, solid pass catcher. James Cook, solid pass catcher. Rashad White could be an elite pass catcher. At least at the running back position, he could be. So... That's going to be something really, really big that he needs to show off is that ability to separate himself from the rest of the class as a running back. He does this. Connor, how high are we talking about him with the rest of the running back class?
0: So running backs just, the the value on them, seriously, it depends on the franchise. It really feels like it depends on the year. In recent memory, we saw Najee Harris get drafted first round. uh, The year before that, it was.
1: was was also a first round pick this year. Correct.
0: My, My apologies there. Uh, the year prior, the only one was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. The year before that, I believe the only one was Josh Jacobs. So it, it's not like it's unprecedented. Uh it's been a little while. I guess since what? Like maybe twenty sixteen since we really saw uh running backs get taken pretty or no no. What uh, what year was McCaffrey and Fournette?
1: They were 2017.
0: Okay, so they were... uh, 2016
1: did not have a first-round running back.
0: Zeke was 2015 then?
1: Oh, whoop! yep, Zeke was a first-round running back.
0: So we're not that far removed from running backs truly being valued early in the draft. The trend clearly is seeing them go a little bit later, where there's a ton of value between rounds, like two, three, maybe even four. Uh, We can go, go on like a long list, super long list of studs in the NFL right now who are not taken in the first round. Rashad White can totally be one of those guys. Uh, somebody playing like right now as Austin Eckler is. Uh, I think totally. I think he went undrafted. He might have gone undrafted. Either that or he was super. Eckler late. was
1: undrafted. Uh,
0: Aaron Jones, fifth round pick. Um, I mean, the list seriously just goes on. Uh, D- uh, Derek Henry uh, Jonathan was a second Taylor. round
1: pick. Second round pick. J.K. Dobbins was a second round pick. We did get robbed of him this year, but he looked
0: exceptional. Regardless, like running backs do not need to go in the first round to have a place Dalby in the Cook, NFL. Joe Mixon. Yeah, so like a ton, a ton of guys. So that being said, I don't think Rashad stock is going to skyrocket him into like the first round. If he does, that's cool. But for him to do that, going back to what you were saying, he seriously has to outplay everybody. Uh, he really can't afford to make any mistakes in that case just because he's not coming from some big-name program where people are watching him all year long. People who know what they're doing and drafting talent, that doesn't really matter to them. But, but to the general public, for them to figure out who Rashad White is, Going to have to ball at the senior bowl. Going to have to ball out when it comes to uh, the combine. And then at his pro day. Really can't afford to be left behind. He's just going to have to impress. Point being is, as of right now, very beginning uh, when we started coming back from our our last break, I asked if it was Homer-ish if Rashad White is in late day two conversation. And I truly don't think it is. As of right now, if I had to put money on it, it would be very difficult for me to see him slip past the fifth round. Uh, I think that is his absolute floor as of right now. But his ceiling, I could see somewhere maybe late second if everything goes his way. So
1: I'll play devil's advocate here. And this is where I truly like believe this. And whether it's right or wrong, let me preface it with that. Whether whether this should be taken into account, he does play at a on a West Coast team, first of all. A lot of people are going to bed when the Pac-12 kicks off. Yep. So, I mean, that's already a big disadvantage. A lot of people haven't seen him play live. Another disadvantage, he has, Arizona State. It, if he if he played at an Oregon, if he played even at like a USC, who does have name recognition, he would be seen more. But because he plays at Arizona State, and Arizona State fumbled this year, and they were not able to compete for the Pac-12 South. Because of that, he he is already at a disadvantage with some teams who weren't paying attention to Arizona State, which, quite frankly, is a lot of teams. So he is at that disadvantage. He needs to have a near perfect Senior Bowl, or else he he's going to have an Eno Benjamin, an Eno Benjamin fate, where we thought Benjamin was like the slam dunk third or fourth round pick. He ends up barely getting drafted. Rashad White could end up in the exact same situation, Connor. There is that chance where Rashad White is not able to show out the way that he was supposed to, because Eno Benjamin also was at the Senior Bowl. And, you know, Benjamin was not able to take advantage of that situation. And because of that, he drops to like the bottom of the seventh round. He has been able to get a little bit of playing time in the NFL, but it's not like he showed off too much there. Rashad White needs to be near perfect at the senior bowl. But the thing is, if he does that, I think he's a fourth round pick. I don't know about a day two pick, but I think he could be uh, uh, early to mid day three pick. He is 100% draftable. Let's go ahead and preface it with that. Rashad White will get drafted. If he doesn't, then I will We riot. Yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll riot. We'll get peacefully
0: go, at home watching the draft, of course.
1: I mean, I'll go, I'll go down to Mill Avenue and and riot with all of ASU players and fans and we'll we'll do our different kind of of uh, rioting. The way that the way that Sun Devils know how to riot. But that'll go ahead and end this episode of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Go ahead and make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from uh, from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, just like Locked on Sun Devils. You can find us everywhere, Monday through Friday. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Me and Connor are there Monday through Friday. Make sure you follow us on Twitter as well. Myself at Richie Brad's, three sex Connor at C and the pe- uh, ugh, I can't talk, and the podcast at L O underscore Sun Devils. So we will be taking tomorrow night off for the holidays, So please have a wonderful and safe holiday weekend. We will see you all on Monday, and until next time, you keep it locked right here, unlocked on Sun Devils.